0: As the industry continues to change, keeping a pulse on it becomes even more difficult. Luckily, the team over at Common Room partnered with a number of DevRel professionals, some of who are on this call to create a survey focused on DevRel compensation, as well as roles and responsibilities, business impact, success metrics, and personal well-being. In this episode, we'll talk about the results of the survey and learn what we can do to push the industry forward.
1: You're listening to the Community Pulse podcast. Welcome your host, Mary Thangval, Jason Hand, PJ
2: Haggerty, and Wesley Faulkner. To give us some insight into the survey, including how it came about and what was discovered, please join me in welcoming Rebecca Marshburn, head of community at Common Room.
3: Hey, uh, thank you so much for having me. And Wesley, we miss you. Um, Should throw that there too. It's so good to be here um to talk about this this is the second year that we've run the developer relations last year is actually in 2022 the developer relations compensation report and this year as i think we'll talk about a bit we added um questions around well-being and sort of developer relations culture and so this year mm-hmm. is the the same spirit of the report but with an additional questions. so it's called the developer relations compensation and culture report um I previously worked at AWS and got to meet a lot of, not even just me, I got to work directly with a lot of incredible developer advocates, developer relations professionals. Um, and so it's been truly a joy to be able to um, create these reports and, and sort of give back to an industry that I've really admired. So thanks for having me.
1: That's awesome. Thanks for joining us. Like, we know that like, this kind of like, you know, exploded and, and and a lot of people were very excited about it, especially when the results came out. But before we even get to that, we kind of have to establish some some baselines. So the quick, the quick rapid fire questions. Who was surveys? How many people participated? And how long was a survey run for?
3: Yeah. So methodology questions are my bread and butter. Um, or I should say. I love them. They are my data team's bread and butter. And so together, I think it's really fun to be able to like nerd out on these things. Um, And it's super important to establish. Whenever I look at a survey and the methodology is either buried or not there, I'm sort of like, Um, so let's dive into this. Who was surveyed? Developer relations professionals globally. It was open to all developer relations professionals. And to be fully transparent, it was an open survey. And so there is some trust related here in terms of um that it's developer relations professionals with previous experience in this space we like do checking on it where it's like you know do these answers seem totally aberrant are there like complete outliers we also use like um, classic old data scrubbing types of uh, methodologies where you you know scrub for the outliers and the 5% on the ranges and those sorts of things um so who was surveyed developer relations professionals anywhere around the globe They could be um, part-time, full-time, freelance, but if they saw themselves as developer relations professionals, um, the survey was intended for them. Um, 136 people completed the survey this year, and that means that we're looking at completed answers. So more people started it, maybe didn't finish it, um, but 136 people participated, and that's the data analysis that we ran this year. Um, For comparison, last year, the 2022 um, survey, 147 people participated. So it's not a huge difference, but when you're dealing with the numbers of the hundreds, it's still, you know, 10. So that's something that we should, or it's nine rather, something we should call out. Um, And I I think also a lot of people are doing a really amazing surveys in this space. And so also for comparison, the uh, just recently, the 10th annual um, State of DevRel report came out. And it was, it's also a survey Um, that they've been running for 10 years at the DevRel agency. And I believe they had like 177 total respondents. So we're not totally far off in terms of the numbers of respondents. And we could even dive into um, a lot of folks were at least anecdotally saying, it's been a lot harder to get survey responses this year. I think I have some hypotheses around that, but um, to not go into hypotheses here, we'll put that aside. Um, How long the survey was run. So it was run for one month. Um, between June 19th, which was a Monday and July 20th, which was a Thursday. Um, and so, yeah, we had the survey open for one month. We obviously did a lot of pre-work with amazing um, developer relations professionals to help guide the survey questions, um, make them more clear, uh, make them more relevant to the role, um, and then make them more, more useful to have more useful data outcomes. So that pre-work took about a month um, and Mary and PJ, thank you for being a part of that. Um, And Wesley too. Um, And then um, the post work took about a month to analyze the data and then turn it into a report that we could share.
2: Yeah. And I actually love that you did that pre work because there's been times in the past where I've definitely gone through and answered a DevRel survey and about halfway through gone, this is not applicable or this is not the way that I would have worded these things or this. Whole section doesn't even make sense to someone who's been in Devrel for a long time,
1: or, or just um, what? Just right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So I'd I'd love, and this was slightly off topic, but I'd love to hear a little bit about like how did you come to that conclusion of hang on, we're actually going to go to people who are in Devrel, ask them what they think about these questions, work with them to make sure that it's as applicable and as relevant
3: as it can be. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think uh, maybe it it probably derives from a lot of things, right? There's like the the classic customer centricity, where if it's like, if I viewed um, the community members who are going to be consuming this survey or these this report um, as customers of this report, then like, what do they need? Um, so there's that point of view. I think also, I feel very privileged to to have my role as the head of community. I think a lot of people would approach it. I don't think you have to be head of community to approach it this way. But this is a, a community process. Um, the way I see it, right, it's for a community, about a community. And so the way that I approach it as a, as a head of community is like, how do we involve these people beforehand? Not just give something to them, but build something with them. Um, and so that that was in this exciting aspect. And um, and honestly, last year, when we approached it this way as well, I didn't know if people were going to want to be involved. And I think, Mary, you were actually one of the first people that were like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy to like, to, to share. And so I think there's something really powerful around that too. When um, I can be sort of nervous as a community, as a community leader to be like, I'm going to ask you to do this thing. Do you want to? And you were like, well, this is also my community. And yes, I want to. And so I think that was a really powerful um, first first way to do it last year. And there was no, no question that we were going to do it this, this year again. We actually added a few uh, more folks to the team as well to try to um, triangulate more viewpoints, um people that we had seen speak last year that we were like oh this person is is sharing something that's that's quite different than the way we've heard other people look at things and so um for example i loved a, a talk that maddie stratton gave last year um about really really um encouraging devrel uh builders and sales teams to at least understand what each other was like was were were trying to accomplish and so um I was like hey you know i that was a that could be um a, a spicier take than we've seen before and so i wanted him for example to like bring spicy takes potentially into what we were asking in the in the DevRel survey so um yeah i think it i just i think it just felt very natural to make sure that people were involved in the pre-process and um i know that everyone has a unique voice but without at least asking you know 10, 12, 15 people to share their voices and we're not going to be able to represent anyone's viewpoint who's actually doing the day-to-day work, the day-to-day work and that's really what we wanted to represent.
0: Yeah, and and I just want to jump in here cuz a lot of this lines up really well with what Mary and PJ and I were talking about just before um just before we started the show around, you know, there's a couple there's been a couple of of surveys out there over the, you know, past few years in DevRel. And, you know, quite honestly, I, I feel like it's really, it's kind of nice to to know that this is like in the, you know, we've, we're seeing this for multi years now there, you know, this is something that's repeating. And to me, it's an indication that, you know, DevRel uh, as a, as an industry itself has, has that need where we want to collect this type of information. We want to learn from each other. Um, it's already in our nature and just in, in our, in our day-to-day job to try to, you know, share what we can and and enable everybody to to be better and to do better and and um so i think that's that's nice to me to like know that we actually have that sort of legitimate now stake in Devrel, but i also think it, it, it there's a lot of us pj brought up a good point that a lot of us might not have a lot of confidence in what we can share and um and we're oftentimes on the fence of, well, I would love to share everything I can with you. But even when it's non anonymized, if there's not a ton of data, I'm worried that I'm going to show up in the data somehow, you know, to a data scientist. And just that's just the law, the law of numbers. You know, we just need as many people as we can. And obviously we have quite a large um, uh, group of people in DevRel or who associate with developer relations and community building. So um, anyway, I, 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 I feel like, in one way, it sort of shows that we are making progress, but it also, I think, is maybe pointing out that we really have to keep pushing here and try to get everybody everybody's voice in on these surveys and really make sure that everybody's represented uh, across all the things that they do, the priorities that they have, the d- departments that they report to, um, so that – when you know, we're out there talking about DevRel, we actually have good numbers to rely on. We can say this is the state of developer relations or of community building and feel like it really represents a, the, a large swath of of everybody that we try to enable. Um, so anyway, I feel like that's a long rant of saying, I feel this. we're on our way, right? But we still have a lot of work to do. Um, so thank you for yeah. leading the strategy of trying to get this stuff out there.
3: I think to, to build on that too and um, something that Something that was notably different uh, this year is that we had way more uh, non-United States based respondents, which is which is really cool. Um we were the survey is much more global this year than it was last year. I should. I, I'm sorry. I want to like pull it up to be like to quote the exact numbers, which I can in a second, but um, to not derail us in general. Right. Is. There were a lot more non-United States based respondents, which was really exciting. That was one of our goals from last year is that it was very U.S. or extremely U.S. and then North America and general centric. And so um, we we did a lot of work um, and thanks to partners like Matthew Revel at Hoopy and we got in touch with DevRel leaders um many more global DevRel leaders earlier who were able to share it with their networks. And so that was really exciting to see a much more globally representative um, data set. Um, however, that I, I think to go to your point is that, is that we still have a lot of work to do. For example, um, we we had like four responses in certain areas from like a, from a certain, like a couple South American countries, but... For us, if we're going to do an analysis on data, we want at least five responses to make sure that we're protecting that potential individual privacy. And so we couldn't necessarily say Brazil makes this much like it just wasn't enough, even by that, like, you know, one response, for example, to even start to make a directional statement. Um, and so I think there's one. We also know that like developer relations, the the practice of it is is growing in a lot of um countries that are non-US or European centric. And so that's one part of it, right? Is there there are just perhaps like there are just fewer professionals in those countries. But two, it's still on us to do that work to make sure that those voices are are included and um and that and that we're reaching those people. And so um it's exciting that we moved the needle a bit on the globality of of what's represented in the report. Um, but in order to make sure that we're protecting that that privacy, um, we still had to not represent a lot of data externally um, because we were just like, you know, one shy of even being able to do that. And we didn't want to compromise anything in that, um, the way that we are doing in data analysis and the way that we are protecting privacy. So we've come a long way. And I think you're right, like there's still a lot further to go so that we can start to see we didn't want to just group like south america looks like this you know that's like <laughs> that's also could be like really troublesome cuz like obviously there are extremely different cultures work cultures just everything about that and so um so when we were looking at different countries versus regions um we were we were really trying to work with those individual developer relations leaders too to say like does this feel useful and applicable or does it feel like it just like blankets everything by saying, you know, Southeast Asia? And then is that not actually useful to a uh, someone who would be consuming this report in, in that region? And so I don't think we always get it, you know, perfect or exactly uh, extremely right. But I do think that um, we have, we came a long way and there's still a lot more ways to grow in terms of representing voices specifically to their um, cultures to their regions to their work cultures and then as well as being able to like um, drill down into like you know countries and also expand into more regional um, types of ways of looking at data and sharing it back out with the community.
2: Yeah, absolutely and you mentioned the the culture side of things a little bit and I absolutely love the direction that you took the survey in this year, right there's a lot of the surveys that focus heavily on, You know what's the size of your team and what are the metrics and what is what's expected of you and what's the work output and all of that which is valuable information but you took far more of a cultural approach which i love how did you kind of
3: choose that angle and decide to go in that direction i mean honestly it was it's you all right it's like the builders having podcasts and writing blogs and participating in communities and speaking at conferences like i feel so lucky. And I know that I speak for all of us at Common Room when we get to um, participate with these, uh, with DevRel builders and customers and community members. And I frequently, like repeatedly, and this is, this is, this part is anecdotal, right? Where I'm like, it's, yes, we're talking about how to do our work better. Yes, DevRel builders are talking about how to, how to like, you know, what goals they should wrap up into and how they should measure it, and what's the best way to write documentation and those sorts of things, those like tactical day to day things. But there is a much broader story around like, what is my job? Do I feel valued here? And um, is my job safe? Which is a real question this year over the past year, right? And um, how do I show my value? I'm stressed. I feel anxious, not just perhaps as a DevRel builder, but as a human. You know, are there opportunity? How do I talk about this? Um, is it okay? Do I feel safe? Um, do I have allies? There is like a much larger narrative around um, around the discussion topics of what DevRel builders were, were sharing, and so um, it's not a huge section, as you know, the cultural the cultural section. And I, I think we would like to expand it some next year and also balance that with the link that we know the uh, we already got some feedback where it was like, it's a little long. Um, and I know I could you know use a little more brevity probably as noted here and, and the way that I'm like so jazzed about these conversation topics. But um, yeah, I really think it, it, it was really reflective of what we were hearing from DevRel builders on the day-to-day and what was important to them. And it was our first step in saying like, one, you're, you're not alone in, in, in having these questions, and two, how great that we are serving a group of DevRel builders, and let's kind of see and start to get benchmarks around how people are feeling and, and put data behind these anecdotal um, narratives that, that I was seeing and that we were seeing as a pattern across um, the DevRel community.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting because I think that especially because you used one of my favorite words, anecdotal, which is something that I think that we've relied on for so long in DevRel to say like, well, yeah, I you know I've heard from my friends and they said, Meh, so that's how much I should get paid. It's like, yeah, um, but you don't have any evidence, and like that. This is like one of the biggest values I think that this survey brings to our industries. We can say, no, this is scientifically scrubbed data we understand this is how much i should make if i live in this place this is how much education you should expect me to have this is you know this is supported by the community it's not just like you know uh you know joey at the bar said that's how much i think i my grandma says i'm handsome and therefore i should get 4000 <laughs> a year um but in that that's what i like but i the, the question i have is when when all was said and done you collated the data and you looked at it what was like the biggest surprise overall
3: that's a great question. So I think there are two um, that really stood out to me. One was that, uh, like, where, where developer relations professionals are measured, or like their gold on their daily tasks or gold on like product awareness, and product adoption, which is like, th- that's two different parts of, of the funnel. And then, um, and then Some of the ways that they were measuring business outcomes is like number of active users, and there is just there is a like disconnect, I would say, or like too many leaps or gaps between what that data was sort of saying. That either either the either DevRel teams are doing things on the day to day that the business isn't actually valuing, or the business is saying they value one thing, but then putting that asking DevRel teams to do something that doesn't actually align to that. And I don't think any of this is meant to be like nefarious or malicious. I think this was just really helpful in seeing that what people are tasked on the day to day, what their like, what their core responsibilities are, and then what the outcomes of those responsibilities are supposed to be, and then how they actually ladder up to what the business wants to see from those teams, they just don't quite connect. And so...
1: Which, which I, I think, it's sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I think that's also like one of the big use cases for Common Room in general is the fact that people want to say like, okay, here's the metrics you set for me. Here's what we're actually figuring out in the community. Can we find a way to 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 build me a metric that makes sense for the activities I'm doing and not just handing me the metric that you handed the sales and marketing team because we're not the same thing? Um, but yeah, I think that's totally interesting. And I think that's like, you kind of aligns with, you know, why we need tools like Common Room.
3: Yeah, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Right. It's like, hey, am I here to make sure that the, that anyone who's coming in is getting res- getting a response and in a certain amount of time, you know, like hitting an SLA? Am I here to make sure that Discord is popping? Am I here to make sure that um, get everything in GitHub is triaged really quickly? Um, am I here to make sure that... Um documentation is like spot on and that people aren't asking questions that are actually in the docs or that aren't in the docs and need to be reflected there. Like it, it there needs to be different ways where people can actually see now that we know what we're doing, you can use a, a tool, my vote common room, of course, um, to actually say like, what are people talking about? What are they asking about? you know, what is their role? Like, are they an economic buyer? Are they a director level who could actually say, yeah, I approve this like purchase? Um, Are they a contributor to your community? Are they a huge influencer? Like it's, there is enough data points out there now where whatever tool you use, like obviously I have the ones that I love, um, but like, I'm just like, use a tool. Like there are tools out there now, like use those tools so that you as a DevRel leader can actually, um, understand what metrics you are, you have available to you, and then make sure that they're connecting all the way up to um, generally marketing teams that people are aligning to, but people also align to um, success teams and uh, product teams, engineer EPD teams. Um, But mostly at the the, what we saw from our survey is um, mostly at the marketing side and the GTM side.
0: One of the things that I I found uh, we were talking about this before the show also, um, but I found interesting is that, you know, because this survey does have a strong focus on like the cultural aspects of it, and you can see right in the data, it was one of the questions that uh, access to data shows the impact of my role towards the business objectives. Like that was the number one response. Uh, in terms of mechanisms to improve well-being, I feel like the fact that we're just having these conversations not only is indicative of, of again our industry just wanting to help each other, um, but I feel like it's showing it's it's really is showing other people that you should be able to a- ask within your own team these hard questions. Like I don't I shouldn't just be like showing up to do work and I'm doing this thing because somebody up upstairs said this is what I should be doing today. What we expect in Devrel is to understand what the business objectives are, and there's myriad of, the, of them and million ways to do them. And your team understands those goals and what you're trying to do. and, and, and then the team comes up with how to, to accomplish those goals. And also how are we going to measure those this and can it be measured? And it, and it shows to me that we're again sort of seeing more uh, more embracing of that sort of mindset culturally where uh, we do acknowledge that metrics are important but also having a good way to to capture that stuff and 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 have the conversation with other aspects of our business about what developer relations does what community management does and what the just overall s- sort of connection you know where those lie I think has been something that we've always wished we had. You know, available to us. And it's, it's it's forever going to be elusive because our job is always shifty
1: and the ways we do go, go about things are changing. Um, and I, I think, too, Jason, sorry to interrupt, but no, uh, what, one of the things that Rebecca mentioned, too, is like the, the concept of the go to market plan. And, and everyone knows one hill that I'll die on is uh, you shouldn't, you should not have a go to market plan for your DevRel team. You should have a go to community plan because that's what they do. Um, you don't, you know, you don't say, all right, well, we're going to apply, you know, agile engineering principles to the janitorial team. Cause that doesn't work. These are two different teams. They have two different things. They have two different goals. You should have two different plans. Um, and I think that, that, that again, setting up things that, that actually like, like the survey to say, these are the things that make sense, helps you to build out that plan. And similar to what you were saying, Jason, I think too many organizations are like, okay, so DevRel, we've got that checklist item. Um, our VC said, we needed a DevRel. We all know how I feel about using DevRel as a noun. I'm not going to get into that again. DevRel is not a noun. Anyway. Um, so, But but like the, the whole idea of DevRel as a checklist and then just not really knowing how to metricize or properly use that resource is is part of what I think holds us back. And having things like this survey where we can say, listen, because uh, I mean, one of the one of the basic things that surprised me to kind of go back to the original question was the number of people that said my main job is education. And that's like, okay, that is actually the key to our job. We are there to educate, which means good documentation, which means being in the support forums, which means, to quote Rebecca, having a pop in Discord. I don't know what that means. I'm way too old. Um, but like in all seriousness, like that really is what it means. And that's all part of a go-to community plan, not a go-to market plan. And I think that that's, that's the key thing that, that people need to take away from this. Like maybe maybe applying the good old metrics of monthly active users is not a act- good way to measure a DevRel team.
3: I think, can I, can I, can I interview you here for a second? Um, yes. So I love that. I love the idea of a go-to-community plan. It, let's say, I just want to clarify here. Let's say the community team or the dev the developer relations team is rolling up into the larger go-to-market organization, the marketing, you know, the CMO, whatever that might be. Um, the way that I perceive it uh, and the way that we think about it and operate at Common Room, right, is that it makes sense. Like I have my own community strategy, but the go to community strategy rolls up into is is an input into like the larger goals that marketing is trying to drive, for example. Um, And so do you mean that those two things should be totally separate and there should be like a CCO and a CMO and they're, you know, both sitting at that exact level, which ultimately is kind of my goal in the future, but like talking about today Um, or do you also mean that the go to community um, strategy is another input and as all these inputs come together and coalesce into the ultimately like marketing is trying to drive right. you know awareness yeah. distribution.
1: Yeah more 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 the latter yeah because I mean like yes we, we do need to work with marketing. I know that I've 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 joked and said like oh we're not marketing we shouldn't be considered marketing which is true but like everyone in your company is marketing. Everyone in your company is sales believe it or not everybody in your company is dev rel. But nobody okay. understands that last part. Uh a go-to community plan should be based on, in the same way that like, you know, your team's KPIs and OKRs are based on the organization's KPIs and OKRs are based on, you know, the company's blah, blah, blah. You you see what I'm saying? So that go-to community plan, maybe it's not based on monthly active users, but it is built on building a community that should eventually lead to those monthly active users, those marketing goals, those sales goals. We have to work in tandem um, or in Ten, I don't know how. What was it? When it's like three, three. We need to build a three-legged stool, that is sales, Devrel, and marketing. It needs to work together. And I mean, you even toss in a couple more. You toss in product and engineering. You've got a five-legged stool that's super sturdy and everybody loves it. If you can get that, that's the ultimate Devrel goal. But engineering is going to have a plan. Sales is going to have a plan. Marketing has a plan. Why doesn't Devrel have a plan? Um, and I think that that has to. If you really want Devrel to be successful, that's what you need.
2: Completely agreed. And I think that's a whole other episode that we should go back in January. We'll explore, go to community <laughs> plans. Let's
3: exactly. do it. That's a perfect time absolutely. for it. I would
2: love that. I would love that. Um, but last question to kind of wrap things up here, because somehow we're already getting toward the end of the episode. Um, were the, was there anything that maybe was, uh, you wish you had asked or anything that you're looking to make changes to for next year? Because hopefully there will be another survey for next year.
3: There will be another one next year. um, As far as I have to say about it, Uh, no, there will. Um, (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So in 2022, our first survey, um, we got feedback where people are like, cool, like data, but like, I would love to see range data, not just the compensation data as it is. And so we were like, that makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. So we created range data, produced that as an addendum last year, but then included that range data this year um, without hopefully, you know, the community needing to ask because we're like, we heard your feedback. We knew this would be useful. And so in that same way this year, um, we wanted to make sure that we were getting feedback about the survey. And um, maybe this is like a quirky or, or silly, but Honestly, one of my favorite parts of the actual report is the second to last page where it's, it's legitimately people's feedback, what we heard from them, like verbatim, um, scrubbed for any like personal identifying information. Like, you know, we asked them if that's okay and, and that sort of thing. Um, and so I think a few of the main takeaways from there, and, and I'm certainly guilty of this is it's Americanish. And I was like, you know, I never would have thought of that. And that's because I'm coming from this viewpoint of of someone, of an American. Um, And so things like the way we represent salary counts and the ways that degrees are described and the levels of education, there is somewhat of a, not that it's a blocker, but there's we might not be getting the most clear data that we can get because we're not also speaking in a way that is more like globally accessible to everyone outside of america north america um and so i thought that was that is something that i can certainly address next year and that we will address and i I loved that piece of feedback um i think in terms of questions there are certainly a few that we would sort of update so i think one of the most Confusing questions. And I got feedback. Um, Actually, I I didn't get feedback, but I saw a podcast uh, or listened to a podcast where someone was talking about this report and they had some they had some hot takes to share on it. And I appreciate that they did. Um, But I was like, oh, they're talking about our report. Um, And one of the questions, right, is around who do you roll up to? and it's like do you you know do you answer to the devrel team or developer relations team or do you ladder up to the marketing team and um, and then also you know product and success and there is other options there but honestly i think that question is is too is not clear for folks they're like yeah my 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 direct lead who i answer to or who is my boss who is my manager is the you know head of devrel but what we were actually trying to get at is that organizational like who has the final pen where they're like, everything that is under this umbrella of the organization is driving toward these goals, these business level objectives. And so, while I think that we have good directional data around the business level objectives that people are in DevRel are working toward, I think that sort of muddies the waters a little bit, or could at least, because you're like, oh, I'm answering to DevRel. So now you're in a headspace where you're answering the rest of the questions differently, where what we're really trying to get to is if you report ultimately to the CMO, and these are what these are the organizational goals that they must drive that their name is on, then how does that all ladder up? And so I think there's importance to get more clarity around that for next year. Um, And then the last question, I think, and and, uh, Mary, you and Maddie, and I think Matthew had a really cool uh, conversation around this in, in our shared collaborators, Google Doc, when we were looking at what the survey questions would be for this year. And it was around um, talking about you know previous, not just previous software engineering experience, and how that might affect um, compensation outcomes or or levels or any of those things. Um, but previous experience in general is do, if you have previous experience in non non technical quote unquote non technical roles, right? Or if you have previous experience as a PM but not necessarily as a software engineer. If you have previous experience from a success point of view, like. There are way more experiences that um, that certainly play into a lot of the strengths that DevRel builders bring to their to their roles. And ultimately, um, I this was a big learning for me. We used um, Typeform as our survey software this year, and there are certain ways that you can and cannot splice the data on the back end. Um, and so, the way that I had asked this question, I actually and um, our data team, we were actually not able to isolate um, every single individual experience. We were able to isolate previous software engineering experience, so we at least had parity between the question we asked last year and the question we asked this, or in the data we were able to represent this year. But next year, I will certainly form that question in a way where we can actually say pre- people with previous, you know, PM experience, people with previous uh, marketing experience, non-technical experience um you know perhaps a totally different like i came from a different background um uh, outside of tech so i want more of those previous experiences to be represented in the data next year um and that was that was um to be fully transparent a miss on my part in understanding how we get to manipulate the data after the fact um with the survey platform that we were using
1: Right on. I mean, there's there's a lot there. I feel like we can dig into so many answers, so many methodologies, so many, so many parts to this. Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Unfortunately, we're running low on time, but that also means we get to go to many people's favorite part of the show, according to no data that I've ever collected, ever. Um, The (laughs) checkouts. Hey, here at devrelate.io, we know the world of DevRel can be tough. Deadlines, announcements, conferences, talks, where do you find all the time? That's where we come in. At devrelate.io, you can find the help you need to start, maintain, and move your developer and community relations forward. Handling everything from event planning and strategy to content development, podcasts, documentation. We even help with speaker training and talk review, all in one place. When you're ready to augment your already great team, reach out at info at That's info at D-E-V-R-E-L-A-T-E dot I-O. DevRelate.io, experience developer and community relations as a service. Um, So everybody knows this is a little bit about what we've been up to, what people have been listening to, things that they're excited about, um, in or not inside of the world of DevRel. And Jason, we're going to start off with you.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Rebecca, for being here. This has been a fun conversation. Uh, We've been looking forward to chatting with you about the results for a while. So um, this has been great. Uh, My checkout is uh, here shortly in just a couple of weeks. I'm going to be in Vegas for reInvent. And I know a lot of people who listen to the show are also going to be in reInvent. I have not personally traveled to speak on a stage at an event since before COVID, since before times. So uh a big deal for me. But anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody basically is sort of the moral of this story. I'm putting a link into our show notes to just show where my session is, what day, where, what the location is. Uh, I'd love to see you in the audience, um, but I'd also love to hang out with you afterwards and uh, just catch up with a lot of friends that uh, I haven't been able to see in a long time. So that's my checkout. Let's hang out in Vegas in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and I, I will toss this out there. Please, if you go to see Jason and event, please take lots of pictures because I haven't seen Jason on stage since before COVID, and I would like to see some pictures of Jay up on stage.
0: Bonus to this is uh, I get to meet Wesley in person.
1: Does oh, wow. that Yeah, that's right. Bonus. When, uh, yeah. Yes. So. One day all four of us will be in the same place, but not not this day. That's um, right. Mary, what are your checkouts?
2: Yeah, so there's – a uh, couple things for me. One, I've been getting back into reading books again, which has been really nice. Uh, for a while there, for whatever reason, I was having having trouble focusing enough to sit down and enjoy reading. Um, but I just finished a book called Demon Copperhead, um, which I know has been going around a lot of different book clubs and things recently. Uh, it's a Pulitzer Prize winner. It, it's Fantastic. It's a very, um, a friend of mine described it as intense book. So don't, it's not a light read, but it is a, in my opinion, a very quick read because the, the author Barbara Kingsolver gets really, you get really invested in her characters and in, in what's going on. Um, so I highly recommend that. Um, and then I know PJ, you're normally the one to, to do music recommendations, but I'm going to steal a little bit of that today. Um, I've been a fan of, of Pink for years. Um, I just, I love her music. I love her athleticism and what she does with her concerts and, uh, the, the politics that she brings into her music as well. Um, and her new album is, is good. It's new-ish, I should say. Um, but I had a chance to go see her in concert in Sacramento, and she continues to be on tour for the next few months in the US and then going around the world. If you have a chance to see her in tour, I would highly recommend it. Lily, my dog, apparently would too, because she just hopped up on my lap. Um, but it was just it was such a cool experience. She has an amazing stage presence, a really personal way of interacting with the people who were there attending the show. Um, one of my favorite moments from the show is someone tried to hand her something to sign and she had a basically a leotard on because she does all sorts of flying and acrobatic stuff throughout the performance. And she legit stopped and did the like pat all of your pockets to make sure you don't have a pen as she's wearing a leotard and went, I'm sorry, I don't have a pen and like handed the thing back to the person. (laughs) But just the the whole, like, hang on, you stop to see, like, clearly you don't, all of us know that you don't, but having those interactions was just really cool. So highly recommend going to see her in concert. If you can, uh, highly recommend her albums. Um, yeah. Awesome. For
1: awesome. Uh, I'm not going to say mine yet because Rebecca's going to go next, but I do also have record recommendations because that's my thing. And Mary, we will discuss off air.
3: About my things
1: and your things? Sorry. Um, I'm just saying, you know. (laughs) I'll stick to books from now on, I promise. Well, that's the funny thing is I'm going to do a book too. So Um, (laughs) Rebecca, what have you got?
3: Um, First, I want to double down on what Mary said about Pink being an incredible athlete. I, one time I was, uh, this is a long time ago. Wow. This is like almost 20 years ago. But I got to go to a Justin Timberlake concert and Pink happened to be opening for him. And uh, I didn't really know much about really either of them, but Pink came out and I was like, I'm accidentally seeing this woman named Pink, but I would absolutely on purpose see this woman pink. Like she is incredible. Um, okay. So I would say I want to talk about a few books I love um, in terms of what we've been reading recently. I've been reading The Color of Law, um, which is a little, yeah, I don't know if you can see it. It's um, It's honestly, it's called The sub headline is a forgotten history of how our government segregated America, specifically America related. It is a dense read. It is a tough read. It is a read that makes you very self-reflective as it should be. It's extremely educational. And what it does is talk about um, how the difference between uh, de jure and de facto lawmaking and like how that either gives or does not give um, our courts and our justice system the ability to say like oh that that wasn't us um, we didn't have any hand in that we didn't know that that would be something that was created um, versus um, actually being able to read with like a fine tooth comb um, what the laws say and how they're structured and what that actually does to all of us um, as Americans. Um, uh, maybe a lighter read in terms of books is I will say, check out our playbooks if you're a DevRel uh, builder um, f- from Common Room. Um, we really do work hard to say, like, we dog food our own product. How would a DevRel builder use this? How are our customers using this? And then how can we turn those into playbooks to do things like automate your GitHub triage process or meet your support SLAs? And so um, all of those are on commonroom.io slash um, playbooks. Um, and then lastly reinvent uh we will also be there we will be hosting a i'm calling it or we're calling it a decompression brunch because it'll be on thursday November 30th um and all devrel and developer community members are welcome it's really that moment where man by the end of thursday especially having worked at aws as a pmm um you're like you're you're tired you want to see people but you don't have to be You don't want to have to be like, so on. And so brunch is from 11 to two. Um, The invitation is on our websites. And I'll ask if we can put the little link here. Um, But would really, really love for you all to, um, if you're at reInvent, to come invite your friends. The more the merrier. It's really just to get people that are um, at reInvent, give them a space and a place to come together, have snacks, have a toast, and um, have casual conversations with their DevRel peers. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Um unless it conflicts with Jason being on stage. We can't express enough how much we got to get there. No, I'll true, just, that, true
0: my, that. My 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 talk is Wednesday. Uh so this We're good, be, to, go. This We're good like, right. to
1: go. Totally safe. Uh so I have a few checkouts because it's been a while since I've done checkouts. So, uh first of all, I was actually traveling to speak at DevSpace a couple weeks ago and as I was getting on the plane Spotify was like, "Hey, Wu-Tang has a new single." And I listened to it on the plane. May have been a mistake. Great new single. Last verse is a little bit about, you know, uh, mom's passing away. So be forewarned, there's some triggers in there. Uh, But amazing, amazing song called Claudine from the Wu-Tang Clan. uh, Method Man and and Ghostface Killah featuring on that. Uh, Also, I know I had to check out earlier this year about The Record by Boy Genius, uh, which is uh, Julian Baker, Lucy Dacus, and um, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, So, Bridgers, Phoebe Bridgers. I want to call her Sophie Bridger so bad, but amazing, amazing album. They actually released an EP called The Rest, which were some outtakes from it. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, highly recommend checking that out. Um, I also just finished a book called uh, by Neil Gaiman. Uh, it's kind of in the Halloween spirit, which is just, you know, a couple days ago before we recorded this episode. And he wrote a book called Ocean at the End of the Lane, which focuses a lot about, you know, it's, it's very mystical, magical, cool stuff, but also kind of the concept of childhood and the way children view things and looking back through that lens as an adult. Um, which is awesome. Uh, I also mentioned I approve
2: it's, of your book choice now. It's it's okay. Thank you. I'm
1: good with that. And I actually read lots of books. I just don't talk about them. Um, the, the books are a very personal thing for me. But uh, I, I also recently went to a, a photo, uh, photo museum Uh, the George Eastman Museum in Rochester, where they were doing the photos from a thing called Southern Rights, uh, which is by a lady called Danielle Loeb. And it started as an explanation in 2006 of a Southern town in Georgia, where the prom was still a segregated event in 2006. Do the math, that's way too recent. Um, In doing so, she actually kept track of a lot of these kids through time. And it turns out that one of them, uh, a young man was was murdered and it starts to follow that. So the, the documentary is called Southern rights. It's on HBO right now. Um, and I, I believe Southern rights is also the name of the, the photo journalistic uh, uh, exhibit. Um, if you can catch it or find it online, I highly recommend it. I will put the link in the show notes um, with that, Rebecca, we can't thank you enough for being on the show. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show and for doing the survey because it's so awesome and it helped us so much.
3: Um. Thank you. Sorry. I didn't know if I was supposed to jump in. Just thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to take the survey, to share the survey, to give feedback about the survey. And I can't wait to grow all with you um, even more next year. Fantastic. And if you didn't think
1: we would, we definitely will have a link to the survey in our show notes because it would be foolish to do an episode without doing that. also, Barry, Jason, thank you so much for co-hosting this episode. Wesley, thank you so much for getting things set up. And I know you're not here, but we miss you. Uh, with that, uh, you know, I always like to have a quote, so a little something from the world of hip-hop once again that kind of has to do with the way that we look at things. But uh, as I get a little older, I realize life is perspective. and My perspective may differ from yours. Kendrick Lamar, uh, with that, great episode of Community Pulse. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for the privilege of your time.
3: you've been listening to the community pulse find out more at communitypulse.io, on twitter at community underscore pulse or anywhere you get your favorite podcast if you've enjoyed this podcast check out our extra podcast the after pulse thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on